0: continue then in the the theme of what we've been singing about and the way in which things have been introduced to us as we come to our subject this evening. In so many aspects of life we we like to have a clear idea of who made what we're looking at or what we're using. So on the car we look for the, the badge let see what sort of car it is. On the clothes we have a, a label or a, a logo. Uh, maybe you go to an art exhibition, perhaps uh, one in a school that you're invited as parents and, and you want to see who, who made the different things that are on there. You look for the name or it's on the notice board next to what's up. And we ought to have that same consciousness about the world around us. It seems bizarre to me that people do not think that way. Wondering, thinking about the make of the things around them. In fact, I think it's a, really been a sort of a twisted effort in our philosophy and culture to, to get people's minds away from thinking along the lines of our maker and designer. A children want to know who made the world. Many adults, it seems, are, are satisfied with spurious answers about random forces of chance. It's basic to an understanding of Christianity, true Christianity, to recall that the world is made. Perhaps the oldest established Creed from the early centuries, known as the Apostles' Creed. It's a very brief creed, but item one is this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Of course, we don't need to confine the creative work to the Father. The Son was involved with creation. The Spirit was involved with creation. And while I was away, as well as reading some Proverbs, hence this morning... Um, In parallel, I also read a psalm each day, and that's reminded me again of how clear this note is sounded in the psalms of God as maker. So this evening, I just want to bring together some of the different quotes from the psalms to reinforce in us this thought of God as our creator. I've enjoyed seeing them together in Preparation. It's a much wider selection than the few psalms I read while I was away. But I'm hoping it will up in your consciousness a sense of God as Creator. It will do other things as we go through, as you'll see from the references. But I'm hoping that particularly will be a case. And in a in a in a way, this evening um, the, the message is going to be quite simple and. Uh, I almost want you to be imagining your mind, if you like, a a tag on different things and written on that tag, made by God, made by God, hence the title that we have. So let's go through some things from the Psalms that will reinforce this point and bring glory to God in our minds. The first is God made the heavens. God made the heavens. Each time I'm going to put one of the Psalms up, the main one perhaps, but there will be others usually. God made the heavens. Um, There's uh, three levels of heavens, if you like, in the Bible. There's the skies, there's space, and there's the spiritual dwelling place of God. We're thinking particularly here of the, the skies and space. In December 1968, Three men were the first humans to orbit the moon in a spacecraft. These are the words that they broadcasted from the vessel. Bill Anders was the first to speak. We are now approaching lunar sunrise and for all the people back on earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's a good message to send That wasn't it? And the Psalms are very clear on this, that God made the heavens. And we had a reminder of it not long ago when we were thinking of Psalm 19. Psalm 19 and verse 1 reads, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork what he has done, what he has made. And it's a note repeatedly struck in the Psalms. Psalm 96 verse 5 For all gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. 115 verse 15 May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. 134 Verse 3, may the Lord bless you from Zion who made heaven and earth. 136 in two of the verses, verse 5, giving praise to him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast love endures forever. And then jump into verse 7, to him who made the great lights for his steadfast love endures forever it's a cause of great encouragement. It should be a cause of great encouragement. We were praying along this line just outside before the service. Psalm 121, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What a helper. Psalm 124 verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's a cause of great encouragement to think that your helper is the maker of the heavens, the vastness of the stars and what seems endless amounts of galaxies, the creative power and force and wisdom which was involved and yet he, he makes himself the helper of his people, the creator of the heaven and earth. It is a cause of great amazement. This is where our psalm comes in. Psalm 8. You know, this psalm perhaps. It's a stargazing psalm. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? The heavens, the work of his Fingers, his handiwork, putting them into place by his designing wise power. I don't know if you ever look through telescopes if you do almost imagine in your image a sort of a slice with a label on across the corner made by God. God made the heavens. God made the earth. We've already seen this in some of the references because often it says he made heaven and earth. He made the world. He made all the creatures of the world. In the psalm we had read to us, Psalm 104, went through lots of different creatures that God has made and the way they work and the Bible is full of his design explaining some of the creatures that he has made. Other song verses feature this. Of course, in one sense, astronomically if you like the earth is just another planet in another solar system a minute part of of the galaxy amidst millions of other galaxies. But it's clear from the Bible that God has special purposes for the earth, that there's a special feature of the earth in his creative design. He made the earth with all its amazing amount of creatures and variety, all creatures great and small, as we say. And he did this by the word of his power. Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. Verse 8. Let the earth fear the Lord, let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him, for he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The power of his word to speak and bring anything into being, to speak and to bring everything into being. God said and it happened, that's what's clear there, isn't it? By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Now there's lots we don't know about how things were made, but any Theories, we do accept, need to be compatible with the biblical account, with what is revealed to us. God speaking and bringing it into being. And God said, and it was so in Genesis 1. And I don't find that random evolutionary processes over millions of years proving macro evolution from microbes to man fits very easily with the biblical account. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. God created out of nothing everything by speaking. And this thought of God making the earth reminds us of God's character. Well, in different ways, you think of his wisdom, you think of his greatness, you think of his power, but there's another aspect that comes out in one of the Psalms. It comes out in Psalm 90, verse 2, one of my favourite Psalms. It's a Psalm that begins about God's from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And in verse 2 it says... Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We sometimes say it's as old as the hills. In other words, it should have been around for yonks. It's always there, like the mountains, the hills, just part of it. And here we learn that God is older than the hills, that God formed the hills, that God is from everlasting to everlasting, that he is the eternal living God. He is the everlasting God, the creator of heaven and earth. Well, astronauts look back in amazement at the beautiful blue planet. I don't suppose you or I will ever be in a position to do the same but in our mind's eye we can think of it and we can we can put a, a sort of banner across the corner if you like made by God, God made the earth we're on his patch, his territory well let's go a bit further as the Psalms take us God made the seas God made the seas Perhaps uh, some of you have been on a coastal holiday this year, confined to the UK. You've been to Cornwall or you've been to Devon. I know quite a few of us families ended up heading to Pembrokeshire at different times. We've admired the beauty of the coast. We've seen um, the the sea lapping up against uh, impressive coastal rock scenery. Uh, Perhaps some of our family, perhaps some of the children here this evening, you've been amongst the rock pools and you've been there with your buckets and you've been fishing with nets to try and get things. You've seen creatures. Others of us have been on the beach and looked out at the vastness, uh, what seems never-endingness of the oceans. Maybe we've been on boat trips, some of us out to see different creatures in the oceans. Psalm 104. We lost a one there somewhere along the line. Psalm 104. O Lord, verse 24, how manifold are your works. An outburst of praise really. O Lord, how manifold, how many, how multiplied are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with Creatures innumerable living things, both small and great, there go the ships and the Leviathan which you formed to play in it. well, you haven 't seen a Leviathan, but uh, we were walking along the coastal uh, path of Pembrokeshire, and there was a seal and it was in there in the ocean. It was, if you like, playing in the ocean. Others were hoping to go on dolphin trips to see the dolphins going in the oceans by the boats. There's a playing there, if you like, part of god 's playground for them and as you think of the oceans, the seas and the creatures it stirs praise, it amazes us at God's wisdom, God made all these things and it's so vast how much water is there in the oceans well I had a little look on the the National Ocean Service in the USA you think of a cubic mile of water. You can, so it was here, here to Waitrose or something like that is probably about a mile. So you imagine that distance up and, and then its height and depth and width. So you've got a cubic mile of water. How, how many of those are in the oceans? Well, over uh, 300 million cubic miles are in the oceans, according to the National Ocean Service in America. In one of those cubic miles of water, how many bucketfuls? You know, I think some of you have been Perhaps in the rock pools and you, you end up with a bucket and you've got different creatures in there. Sometimes by the end, if you have a good time, you, you've got little crabs and you've got little shrimps and, and sometimes you get 20, 30 things in your luck bucket. Well, if it's the bucket is, say, a litre, how many buckets in that cubic mile of water Well, over 4 million million? A small bucket falls per cubic mile. Vastness, the amount, God's creatures, so many of them across the oceans, in the different oceans, the different temperatures, the different heights. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works in wisdom. You have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. You're pleased, don't you, if you're at school or you were pleased when you were at school when you do experiments and you make something and hey, there's some salt crystals in the test tube or or the water evaporates and condenses and comes down and in, it's in your other test tube. You think, oh, I've made some water. Look, here's the water. Look, look, look. And you've got a, a centimetre of water in your test tube. Oh, I made that. And, and you think of what God made, the fastness of the oceans, the millions and millions of cubic miles of water teeming with creatures. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. It's interesting, it uses the word creatures. Here the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable. I don't know, is that word you'd lose less? I was wondering about that. Is the word used less now, creatures? I mean, it's a good word in, in many ways. It's a good word. Obviously, not the only word. You don't have to use it. I don't know how many times it's used in the Bible. Not not loads, but it's... The creatures implies creator, doesn't it? They're created things. It, it, it points to the Lord in his glory, creatures. And the seas teem with... Countless creatures. Countless creatures. Psalm 95, verse 5. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. 70% of the planet is water. So imagine draped over the corner of the globe, made by God. Made by God. That's uh, I've got five together let's go one bit further God made me so we go from vastness to intimacy tremendous change of perspective as we go from the, that one to psalm 139 it's a psalm about God's knowledge and this is what it says in verses th- 13 and 14. Here the psalm writer, the songwriter says for you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well fearfully and wonderfully made the person who wrote the song could say God made me You were made. We have this phrase, I don't know if we use it so much now, self-made man or self-made woman, We're implying that you know, they've just sort of got somewhere in life by what they've done. Well, of course, taken a different way, the, the, the phrase is nonsense, self-made man, self-made woman. But we're all made. We're all men and women made by God the intricacy of it, knitted me together in my mother's womb, as it says in some translation. Life in the womb is, is precious, of course that's relevant to the abortion uh, debate, but it's also a comfort in terms of our lives and the way we are, and we all have physical features we feel more self-conscious of, we feel inadequate because of, we perhaps wish they were different and, we're reminded in this psalm that God made us individually, he knitted us together, we are made by him, we can rest in that fact. And grasping this um, should change our view of uh, ourselves, change your view of yourself. Because when we realise we're made, I wonder if this is part of the reason why we've as a, as a society, as a, as, a, as a world in many ways, we've tried to sort of rub this out, this creator business, um, God making. I, I wonder if, we're trying to rub it out because we we know that it has obligation with it, it has accountability with it, that if you're made you're not so freelance and we're not so keen on that. In fact you can see some some, some quotes from some scientists who say that actually the reason they've gone the evolutionary route is not so much because of the evidence but because of the alternative being creation which they can't take into account and its implications. Psalm 100 and verse 3. Know that the Lord, He is God, it is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We're made. We have a Maker. It used to be a phrase, I don't think it's quite so often now, and maybe it was used a bit carelessly anyway, about people going to meet their Maker when they die. To meet their Maker. But it is true, we have a creator, Ecclesiastes 12.1 has been referred to and Ecclesiastes 12 refers to us going back to our God, we will meet our maker, we are made. The children's song used to be sung, don't know if it is now, God made the sun, God made the rain, always coming back, simple but profound, and God made me let's just stop before we go to the last one are you aware that you are made you have a maker Do you, does your thinking need to realign really does it need to get back to that you sort of drunk in a, a sort of popular secular humanism and um, you sort of tried to brush over the traces you, you are made by God, you, you will give account to God, answerable to God. The many wonderful things you have are given by God as a generous Creator. You need to realign your thinking. One more. This seems quite specific, but it's there in the Psalms, and I think it's it, um, useful just to take it to this this level as well. God made our eyes. God made our eyes. God made our senses, really. Um, It's talking in this particular psalm, Psalm 94, again about God knowing and seeing. And he backs up the point in this particular way when he gets to verse 9. He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye does he not see? Of course he hears you and sees you. He's the one who's made your eye and he's the one who's made your ear. He's the one that made uh, listening possible and seeing possible. He's the designer. Of course he sees you and hears you. He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? So God formed all parts of us and here he formed the eye. And often... The, the senses are, in many ways, the most remarkable part of us. I used to love um, doing this in school assemblies when uh, I was doing those a few years ago and I was talking to the, the youngsters about God making our eyes and just starting to get them thinking about what the eye does. Well, you know, but it's perhaps helpful to be reminded of the way in which our, our, light sen- our eyes sense light and movement, And they even sense colour so that as I look at you there's a whole range of of colour in the different clothes you're wearing and God has made our eyes to do that. Um, It makes adjustments so I look here at my page and my lens is changing shape and I look over the back and it's changing shape so that I, I can see pretty well I'm getting on a bit so I've got glasses I have to readjust some things but though it's the way God has made us with our lenses uh, I have um, in my eye this hole to control the amount of light that comes in so that uh, if I was in darkness the hole would be big and if it's a bright light the hole would be small my eyes are able to pivot and look around so that I can see things. I have two eyes, yet I see one image. That's the way the optic nerve goes up and the way the brain processes it. Isn't amazing. I don't see two things of everything. But because I've got two, I can catch because I can judge distance because two eyes help me to see the distance. I've got a protective canopy over my eyes. I've got my eyebrow. I've got my eyelashes to keep the dust out. Um, I've got um, another protective mechanism, these shutdowns that happen without me thinking about it. I've got a cleaning system in my eye as the teardrops take away any dirt. Are you telling me that that's come through random mutations, brought that all together over millions of years? It was a a stumbling block, if that's the right word, or a challenge at least, to Charles Darwin. He says, and if I can quote from The Origin of Species, to suppose that the eye, and then he goes through some of the things that it does, could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. Well, obviously he believed his theory, so in his own mind he was over to overcome that. But he saw the challenge of it. And as I've just been explaining to you about the eye, It's got a maker... One of the things I would sometimes say when I went into the... Um, uh, uh, talking to some of the students at... Um, Beacon, when we used to have it, it was called Christians to the Lions sessions, they were able to ask us questions and sometimes we get onto this uh, subject of evolution and making things and uh, yeah, I, I, I would say, well imagine I, I brought my laptop here and put it in front of you and I started to demonstrate some of the programs it's got and the way it worked play you some things and show you the word process, access the internet and uh, all the work, the keyboard and the way it worked, pictures, the sound come out. And, and I said all that and I said, and you know, this just came together by chance. I found it in the woods and there it was. It had just come together. You'd say, you'd say you're bananas. It's not as, if it's that complicated, it's made. Look, it's got HP written on it. Hewlett-Packard, it's made, it's designed. And I would say to them, we're much more complicated than a laptop. We're designed, we're made, we're made by God. He formed us, he made our eyes. Proverbs, if I can put in a proverb, Proverbs 20, verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. So there's quite a lot in the Psalms about God as creator and maker. I want it to affect us. I want it to be more in our consciousness. It has big implications. Now understand that somebody for a YP thought provoker this summer uh, talked or referred to the episode in in Toy Story, those of you who know anything about Toy Story, where Woody, who's the toy cowboy, realises that he belongs to Andy. He sees under his foot and on it is written Andy, and he's reminded that he belongs to someone, and it, it transforms his outlook at that point. As he remembers, he belongs. Well, I'm hoping this evening in a way is like that for us. Yeah. Belong to God. You have a creator. That should have a big effect on your outlook and your mood, your obligation, your aims in life, what life is about. You are a creature. Transforms your outlook. And if I can just finish on an even higher note. Some of you are Christians, some of you have believed in Jesus Christ. God's spirit has been at work in you. Life is different. And you are not just then a a creature made by God. The Bible says you are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So you have this truth about you that you are created by God but you have it if you like doubly true because in his grace through his spirit he's worked in your life you've almost got it on both feet if you like that you're created by God physically and you're created by God spiritually and there's double reason for a transformed outlook and living a God conscious life So I I hope those verses from the Psalms and thinking about them have been useful to you this evening. And we've got a closing hymn and it's uh, perhaps the old school assembly hymn. It's in the children's section of um, some of the the Christian hymn books. Um, And that's probably because one of the verses has got about playing in the meadows, which not too many of us do. But the the thrust of the hymn really is very in keeping with tonight's and glorifies God as we think of what he has done. It is the hymn, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. So shall we sing this hymn? We're not going to have any musical accompaniment for this. Just going to have the piano. So uh, don't don't rest on too much extra volume. It would be good to hear us sing as we sing this one through. Thank you. We do want to worship you. It is just way beyond us to think of everything coming into being with all its amazement, intricacy, complexity just by speaking. Oh Lord, you are an awesome God. We confess that you are maker of heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them. We confess that you are our maker. We pray to have that consciousness upped in our mind and we pray for that to be upped in society. It saddens us that there is such an oversight of you as creator that we are so blind as a society to uh, overlook, to suppress, to squash that fact. We pray it may come back more and more into people's outlook. And we thank you and praise you that as well as the original creation work that you do a new creation work and that so many of us can say we've been made new through Jesus. We pray that a consciousness both of our physical creation and our spiritual creation may be something which affects our mind and outlook that we belong to you doubly as our Maker and as our Saviour and Father. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.